0: Welcome to Mindfully Healing, a mental health podcast. I'm your host, Micheline Malouf, a trauma-informed and trained therapist. And I'm Nadia Desi, a registered social worker and psychotherapist. We are here to guide you through the connection between your mind and body to help you develop a deeper understanding of yourself. Join us on each episode as we navigate each topic by posing questions to our mind and then having deep conversations with each other, ourselves and special guests to help us come full circle and answer each question. This season, we discuss trauma, trauma responses, attachment, and relationships. In each episode, we provide you with resources and tools to begin to heal your inner child, set boundaries, and help you along your journey of healing. Dear mind, why am I always invalidating my own trauma? Welcome back to Mindfully Healing. I'm your host, Michele Malouf. And I'm Nadia Desi. And we are here today to
1: talk about trauma and kind of like the way society has been deeming trauma lately and the changes. And is the sentence, not everything is trauma helpful or harmful?
0: Yeah, so we've been seeing a lot of this lately. I believe I've started hearing a lot more about trauma in 2020, once, you know, the rise of TikTok and the rise of the therapist influencer, and a lot of therapists finally had a voice to start talking about the experiences that their their clients were seeing, that they were seeing in session with their clients and how their life has been impacted. And of course, after that, we start seeing more and more therapists putting stuff out there that is like, not everything is trauma. And we kind of wanted to have a chat about this
1: micheline i want to know what what do you feel when you see the sentence or when you see on social media a mental health professional coming out and saying not everything is trauma we're talking about it too much and i don't know maybe we're becoming too soft or we need to stop identifying everything is trauma and the world is going in the wrong direction what do you feel
0: i feel anger to be honest with you i feel anger because i feel like there's an injustice in that um finally, the world has started to move away from these the idea that trauma is this big stuff that happens to you. And we started talking about how our nervous can get dysregulated with things that happen day in and day out that people weren't even aware was was impacting their mental health. So when I see a therapist, somebody that's really well known and, and, and has a lot of trust from the community posting something about not everything is trauma, my thought is, well, what do you mean by that? Like, What are you trying to get at by that? Are you irritated because there's a lot of therapists talking about trauma that are getting a lot of attention on social media and a lot of traction and getting people to talk about it? And that just, I don't know. Or do you truly believe what you're saying? Like, Do you truly believe that this is helpful?
1: Yeah, I am 100% with you. I don't see a benefit of a post solely pointing at the fact that not everything is trauma, especially when it's not followed up by things like resilience factors or psychoeducation on what we deem trauma and not. You also mentioned like we're in a society now where we're moving towards understanding trauma. And I think that's very Westernized. I think a lot of indigenous communities and different cultural communities have been promoting community care forever. And the way that they work through their trauma and the way that they work through their emotions is together and they have this community. And I think when I see social media influencers talking about social media, sorry, content creators that are in the mental health profession saying not everything is trauma, it's promoting toxic individualism again. It's not saying let's come together as a society. Let's work through these traumatic experiences that are set up by our system together and back have each other's backs and be able to back up each other. And instead, let's just say, you know, let's label them as distressing events and you should be able to get through them alone because it's nothing too serious. It's not a big deal. Just, I don't know, go to therapy or just kind of work through it. You're fine. So it also stems back to capitalism, which we don't have to get into that right now, but I do think that we're going the wrong way again.
0: Absolutely. I love everything you just said. Everything just resonated because these posts are usually made by white Therapists. The people commenting back underneath that are so on board with this message are also white therapists that have a lot more privilege than underrepresented minorities, people of color who, you know, maybe come from a collectivist culture and are, you know, kind of forced to grow up in an individualistic society where everything's comparative. And it's really frustrating to see this because you're right. It's like we're promoting, as mental health professionals, we're promoting, you know, everything to improve the health of the people, to improve the mental health, to help people who are struggling with anxiety and these disorders. But we're not looking at where these disorders stemming from. Why are so many people struggling now with mental health than they have been in the past? What in our society needs to be dismantled and changed so that people don't you know, experience as many oppressive situations as they are, which you as a white therapist will not ever understand because you never had those same experiences. You can learn about it as much as you want and it's great that we're learning, but you will never have that lived experience. And so it's much easier for for people that haven't lived it or who who have come from a place of privilege to say, well, not everything is trauma because I had something similar and that didn't impact me as much.
1: Right. I'm so with you on... I'm not going to say all, but majority of these posts are coming from white mental health therapists, white women and white men. And the comments are also filled with white mental health therapists or advocates agreeing with the post. But the thing that upsets me is like, yeah, of course the world is significantly less traumatizing when society is built for white people to thrive. And when we look at the ways that black indigenous and people of color are exposed to traumatic experiences every single day it does impact their day to day if we look at homelessness if we look at financial instability if we look at racism immigration all these things have been proven to be more traumatic to people from minority populations than people in white western populations so i think especially for me as a white person, I'm not saying you can't experience trauma. Of course you can. There are statistics out there. It's so possible, but it's easier for me to be like, yeah, not everything's trauma, get over it because the structure that is put in place is not made
0: to traumatize me. Exactly, exactly. It's it's really difficult to see and to pick up on it. It It, it is is coming from a place of privilege. Mm-hmm. And my question is always, why was that post made? Like, what is the purpose behind that post? What is happening that made you believe or someone believe that this was more helpful than all than providing resources or tips or tools or helping somebody develop more insight into why they're experiencing the symptomology that they are experiencing? Yeah.
1: I'm with you That's 100%. Perfect
0: yeah what's the purpose? Because to me, it feels like it feels like there's some sort of um like a threat there um and I'm not understanding i I genuinely struggle to understand where is the threat that that post needs to be made because when we are talking to people about trauma what is going to happen if somebody does believe that oh my gosh maybe this was traumatic and this impacted me like where is the harm in that that's what I'm struggling to figure out what are your thoughts on that
1: I'm so with you like what is the harm of someone being like hey I resonate this and with this and maybe I do or have gone through something that's a little bit traumatic, and I would love to learn more about myself Mm -hmm. I think one of the big messages that people who share that not everything is trauma or trying to spread is that trauma is losing its meaning when we talk about it so much but what what's its meaning because right, we, yeah like it's not up to us to be like This event in itself is traumatic. I can label this as traumatic because trauma isn't about an event. Micheline and I can go through the exact same thing. And I can end up traumatized and she can end up not traumatized. And as mental health professionals, one of the biggest things we all promote, and I think we can all agree on is that comparative suffering is not benefiting anybody. Me comparing my experiences, whether it's my anxiety, my depression, my trauma to someone else doesn't make mine any less or any more. I'm an individual. I need to work on my own things, obviously, hopefully through community healing, but I need to work on my own things. So I think it's so hypocritical to have one message saying, don't compare what you're going through, work on yourself. What happened to them doesn't impact you. You have every right to heal and then say, not everything is trauma and you shouldn't be labeling your experiences as trauma because people go through quote unquote with air quotes, real trauma. Mm -hmm. Not helpful.
0: Yeah. Let's talk about real trauma and not like what what would you consider not real trauma? Like that's my question because we understand as trauma trained therapists that trauma is literally so relative. It's anything that can happen to you. We've talked about this in our first episode. It's anything that happens to you that can dysregulate your nervous system, change your worldview and create the sense of Lack of safety internally and with the external world. To me, that might be a loss of a parent. To you, that might not have impacted you as much. To me, that might have been my loss of a parent because maybe I didn't have anyone else. I didn't have somebody that was caring and loving to help me process and go through and talk about these things. And for you, maybe you had a community of people helping you. So it's really difficult to say, not everything is trauma because everything is trauma, depending on who you're talking to.
1: A hundred percent. Yeah. And depending on the way it impacts you Mm -hmm. for somebody else. Also just quickly going back onto the other part where we're talking about communities and minority groups, Micheline made a good point where she said, well, maybe it didn't traumatize me because I had a whole community behind me. And if you want to learn more about resilience factors and risk factors, go to our first episode. We list them all out. But once again, if you're looking at those resilience factors, which a resilience factor is something that is put in place before the traumatic event or after that is less likely to make you traumatize. Or- less likely to traumatize you from the traumatic event, whereas a risk factor is something that is more likely to lead you to become traumatized after the distressing or traumatizing event. But if you look at the list of risk factors and you look at the risk and you look at the resilience factors, many of those things impact minority populations negatively. So as a white person, you are more likely to have positive resilience factors that decrease your risk of becoming traumatized. And you're more likely to not have risk factors that increase your risk of becoming traumatized. So once again, it's going back to that privilege. And I I want to continue to reiterate that just because you are white doesn't mean that you didn't
0: experience trauma. If you grew up as a minority in the United States of America or Canada, then you grew up in an oppressive system because it's not intended... For you, we have to work. I'm an Arab American. We have to work five times harder or more to just get noticed. Um, it, the systems aren't set up. You, you have. I have a, a strange name. That's impacted me in many ways. Who's to say that's not traumatic? Um, mm-hmm. Maybe people you know, I look different, I might have, you know, olive skin and, and dark hair, and I had an accent at some point, and my parents had an accent. So going to school and helping me out, there was already like, something that just was different than my white peers experienced. My parents had to work so much harder to get us the same resources that than my white peers, parents had to, it is so difficult to explain and really get somebody to truly understand what that's like because even myself, I still just, still struggle and struggled to really see what that was like. We grow up when you don't know what is going on. When you're a minority, a person of color growing up in a white dominated society, you have trauma day in and day out that you can't quite put your finger on. Things feel different people just treat you different. You develop a deep sense of shame internally because you're not sure what the heck is going on. So you think something must be wrong with me and my family, because I put in so much effort and don't get the same results. And that's just reality. And who is invalidating that? You know, who's who's to say that, well, you didn't experience this major car accident, or you didn't live through a war, therefore, You should, like you said, Nadia, just toughen up, like, or it's not, it's not traumatic because, and fill in whatever reason you want to give there.
1: Yeah, Honestly, thank you for sharing the personal example of that. What stuck with me is you said your name, like having... A name that Western society isn't used to can be traumatizing. And that just feeds into so many different funnels and areas, like not being able to get a job because your name on your resume isn't something that a oh, white employer or a CEO wants to see. Getting bullied because people can't pronounce your name or feeling like you can't correct them. Like there's so many little things. And once again, if we look at research, microaggressions can be traumatic.
0: mm mm-hmm. Let's talk about microaggressions because I don't think a lot of people understand what that is. And that is one of the most invalidated traumas out there because this happens all the time. So if you're not aware of what microaggressions are, it's pretty much intended as this kind compliment thing. But underneath that message, there is some sort of discriminative prejudice going on. Like, um, So one of the ones I get all the time has to do with uh how i speak english or even back in the day it it hasn't happened in a while but people because i'm arab american they would ask how come i don't wear a hijab um and i'll explain why those two things are microaggressions number one when somebody's like oh my gosh but you speak such english so well that is implying underneath the surface it comes off as a compliment but underneath the surface that um that i shouldn't be that usually people that come from where i come from don't speak english that well so that's why it's called a microaggression because it's very difficult to pinpoint what you know where where it kind of didn't sit well and then the hijab comment it it's kind of again saying well all arabs must be muslim are muslim and what happened to you that you're not and that's again a microaggression because no that's not true not all arabs are muslim and even if they were why are you assuming that i have to look a certain way or I have to dress a certain way um these things may not seem big to someone that doesn't understand or hasn't been through these situations because you don't understand what that feels like internally. And that's one of the things that leads to deep-rooted shame. We start to believe that something is inherently wrong with us. And I, I can't even put it into words, to be honest with you, because it's so difficult to explain. I don't even think I can put the words to it in terms of like, how does that impact you besides feeling small? Like, that's all I can I can say.
1: So like, just basing off your experiences, have you ever questioned is this actually traumatic? Have you ever invalidated your own experiences and thought just even by reading what other people say or hearing something like, can this be considered trauma growing up, anything like that? Or were you always kind of secure in what it was or is?
0: No, I had no idea what it was or or I, I started figuring out what it was as I grew older and learned what microaggressions were and learned how they can impact me. And then things made sense. So in the past, when people would say things like that to me, I felt like I had to explain myself. Like I felt like it's almost like you've done something wrong and you have to kind of explain yourself. So people, you already know that people are already looking at you from a different lens that I wasn't taken as seriously. Like I was this, wow, unicorn, like you do this and it's so different from my expectation of you. And so right. then, it, and at the time I had no idea what that was. Like, I didn't know why I felt uncomfortable around certain people or why some things that people said bothered me, or I didn't know how to respond to, but as I grew older, I was like, Oh, that's why. Cause I felt like it couldn't be me. Cause I was constantly explaining me. So it, it's just, it's just constantly like feeling less than is really all I can say. And it sounds
1: like that's how a trauma response is born. Yeah. You are consistently explaining yourself or trying to please other people and almost to the point where, okay, is this part of my personality now? And I think that goes to other people's posts of like, not everything is a trauma response, which we don't think everything is a trauma response, but I think as mental health professionals, whether lived experience or not, you have a responsibility to understand where these responses can come from. Yeah. They're just
0: nothing. Yeah. It's something may be a trauma response to you and not to me. Yes. So it doesn't, again, it goes back to, it's not helpful to to say that. Maybe we should be teaching people why some people have this as a trauma response and others don't. Maybe we should be teaching more about resilience factors and what could help. Maybe we should be teaching more about if you're feeling this way because you may have been traumatized by this, then you know this is what you can do. We should keep telling people that this event may or may not be traumatic. We're not saying that if you went through this, You are now traumatized, but this event could be traumatic. You don't know how many people feel so alone and so conflicted and uncertain and unsure of why they feel the way they do, why their life has turned out this way. And sometimes just giving that bit of aha to them makes them seek help, makes them feel less alone, makes them feel part of something. And it helps dismantle and and, and move change for the societal norms that we have just accepted as normal, which are fucked up. I'm sorry for my language, but are just so messed up because we've just accepted accepted them as the norm, right? A hundred percent. And like, there's a couple of things
1: you said that I want to bounce on. But the first thing is like, why are we not putting our focus towards dismantling and deconstructing the systems? Why are we having these... And I think it's hypocritical because a lot of these posts are saying, you know, trauma is talking about trauma is clickbait. It's for clout and that's why people do it. But that's what I think the point of these posts is to validate potentially their own feelings towards it and also... Get, people, get get people's attention, but why are we not creating these posts about dismantling and deconstructing the patriarchy, capitalism, financial stability in the climate today, the medical system, the amount of comments I see of people saying this is so invalidating to me because the medical system failed me so many times and gaslit me into thinking that what I experienced wasn't trauma that seeing posts like this make me feel so discouraged for getting help or make me feel so discouraged and trying to figure out what I'm experiencing so why are we not putting our energy towards like I said already so many times deconstructing these systems we can Mm -hmm. go into each point like The patriarchy, yeah, that's upholding unhealthy systems towards minority people and women. Let's look at the statistics of sexual assault. Let's look at the statistics of women in the workplace and non-binary people. Also, capitalism, we talked about it before. It's promoting this toxic individualism and productivity and telling ourselves that we have to get through everything alone. And it's like really throwing a problem at us and then selling us a solution, if we look at, we already talked about the medical system, failing us, financial stability in the climate today, not being financially stable in this climate is traumatic. And we can't deny that. We can't, it's it's hard to afford a house. It's hard to afford food. It's It's a huge challenge. So why is our energy not put towards that and not put towards talking about how each of these factors are
0: traumatic and how we can work through them as a society and as a community? Right? Oh, my God, everything you just said, like, I want to snap, 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 because it's so poetic. It's beautiful, because it's true. Like, we are finally in a place in our society where people are speaking up and people who haven't had a voice for a very long time, finally have platforms to speak up. And, this what we're doing by posting things like this online that say not everything is trauma the people you're hurting the most are the people at the bottom are the people that have been struggling and oppressed are people from underrepresented groups that have been struggling that are impacted the most by the things that you say are not traumatic Mm -hmm. so by continuing to make those quote unquote i'm going to use them air quotes unhelpful posts saying not everything is trauma, you are essentially invalidating a whole bunch of people that, you know, have found some sort of comfort and validation in the fact that they are finally being seen.
1: So good. A hundred percent. And like, there's always a disclaimer in these posts that is like, if you have PTSD or CPTSD, this doesn't apply to you. Do you know how hard it is to get diagnosis diagnosis and just have access to a diagnosis. So all the people that are like, okay, I am experiencing trauma. Maybe I'm not educated on what PTSD is or what CPTSD is, but I know that something feels wrong. Reading those posts are like, okay, this doesn't apply to me. And it's, it's just so harmful. I, I, I don't, okay. I, I, want to be careful on how I say this. I think self-diagnosis can be a powerful thing when done correctly. And when somebody does not have access to getting their own diagnosis, when they are looking at credible resources, doing their own research and advocating for themselves. And I think a post like that saying, yeah, if you have CPTSD or PTSD, this doesn't apply to you dismisses thousands of people that are unable to get that label or to get that
0: diagnosis. Which brings me back to that point of who is able to get the diagnosis, right? Who is more likely to have the resources and access to get a diagnosis, to get into the system and get a proper diagnosis and treatment and who is not. So by saying that you're essentially saying, well, no, I mean, you can't say that what you had is trauma because there's no official professional person that has given you that diagnosis. And let's be honest, there are many professionals that misdiagnosed, misdiagnosed in the sense of misdiagnosis, like they don't understand that certain things are traumatic or they diagnose you with the wrong things. Um, so there's so much to that. It's not, it's really just like lack of fairness. And this is why I think I feel so angry about it. I feel like I'm very passionate about this topic and I, I see that in, in you too. But I feel like as I'm talking about it, I I get my heart is tense because I feel like it's just unfair and something needs to change for this, for this reason. Um, I don't know about you, but like we, I get messages all the time saying that like they finally sought treatment because of certain posts that maybe, um, said this thing or that thing may be traumatic. Our, our podcast, our, um, what is trauma podcast, the first episode, tons of messages about, how people finally felt like they were understood.
1: That leads me to the point of what is the worst case scenario here? What yeah. is the worst case scenario of somebody seeing, oh, this person's talking about trauma. I heavily resonate with that. Let me seek support or let me do my own research to learn more about myself and let me try to heal. Maybe I'm missing something. And I, If you can or want to play devil's advocate, what is the worst case scenario other than the comparative suffering of one person maybe feeling less valid with their trauma when somebody else, quote unquote, became traumatized from something they deem as smaller.
0: Yeah. I, I'm going to not answer this question from my perspective, but I'm going to tell you what I've been told from people I know, because this is what I think is people are struggling with, or these professionals are struggling with, is um they, some people feel that if somebody's self-diagnosis, mm-hmm. then they're going to use that as an excuse, right? That's what I've heard a lot. And that in itself makes me cringe a lot because, um, I don't think people are an- inherently sitting there wondering how they could just take advantage of the system and people around them. Yes. Are there people that want to take advantage of other people? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Do I think that that is the large majority of people that are just like, I have ADHD and therefore I can never do anything again. My house is just going to be a mess. I can't even get to work on time. No, I do not think that is true. I think that is a fear that people have And I don't see anything wrong with uh, self-diagnosis when it comes down to people trying to understand themselves better, implement changes for themselves, get the appropriate help, and explain to people in their lives why they're not just being lazy or unmotivated, but rather they're struggling with something internally that they need support with. So I think when when we come from that perspective of people are taking advantage and people are um, just using this as an excuse, then it's easy to, to to start, you know, putting up walls and barriers for people.
1: Okay, I, I get that as well. And to be kind of frank, like experiencing something traumatic isn't an, an excuse to be an asshole. Like it's not, you need to be able to you know, work on the way that you react to things. And I do think like Micheline said, being able to explain to people what you're going through and why from that psychoeducation and learning about yourself is important and is crucial. But I do agree that, experiencing trauma and going through something is still your responsibility now after the fact to work on your healing and to work through it and to work on becoming you know potentially a better version of yourself so that I see but like you said I don't think that's the majority and I don't think that's a big enough reason to be like not everything's trauma
0: get over it exactly exactly I do I I want to second that like nothing is an excuse right like we know We don't want to say, here, this is the reason for things. Now, everyone in your health better deal with it. Like, that's not the intent. A lot of the intent is, here's why you feel so empty. Here's why you feel so out of touch and and unable to connect. Here's why you're struggling. And here's how we can help you. Here's what therapy does. Here are different modalities that we can uh, do. You don't have access to therapy. This is why we're online. This is why we're providing tips. Half of our job is providing psychoeducation to our clients, explaining why what they went through uh, impacted them that way. Mm -hmm. Um, Validation and awareness and self-awareness and understanding how you got to where you got is half of the equation. There's so much power in feeling seen and feeling understood and feeling like somebody gets it and feeling like, Wow. Okay. So it wasn't me. It's not something inherently wrong with me. This is something that bothers a lot of people. There's something so powerful about that without any magical, fancy intervention. So why are we taking that away? Why are we putting up these barriers?
1: Literally for what? Like for what? It doesn't make sense to me. And that's why I would honestly, I'd be so open to having somebody with a different opinion come on this podcast and have a mature, civilized conversation to hear each other's points. Because I feel like me and you are so on the same page that maybe we are missing something here, or maybe there's, you know, something that can shift our mindset From this, you know, like if everything's trauma, then nothing's trauma. But I once again don't agree with that statement because so many things in society are traumatic. But I just think if you're a mental health professional listening, This is unsolicited advice. You don't have to take it, but this is what I do. If I wouldn't say it one-on-one to a client in a session, I will not say it on social media. So I would never look at a client in a session and say, "Mm, that's not drama. You got to get over it. You're too soft. Or like, you know, not everything's trauma. Yeah, I would call them out on certain behaviors. Of course, you need that. For a healthy for a healthy therapeutic relationship, but I just think if I wouldn't invalidate somebody in my therapy chair like that, I'm not going to speak to 300,000 people on my social media and potentially risk invalidating them.
0: Such a good point. We're constantly preaching, you know, being a a therapist that is validating and understanding and empathetic, and why are we saying things? things like this to massive numbers of people. Um, and you have to understand that people are, and, and I want to go back to that comparative tra- suffering thing, because people are constantly invalidating their own trauma. I can tell you that every single person I have seen in my therapy practice from the day I opened it up to today has invalidated their own trauma. They constantly ask, I'm probably like taking up somebody's space I don't shouldn't be here. I should probably get over it. Those are the things that we hear day in and day out. And as a therapy client myself, that is also a therapist, I catch myself doing that with my own therapist. Like I probably shouldn't be here. I should probably be over this by now. This is not that big of a deal. But why the heck is it dysregulating me? Why is it bothering me so much? And when we see posts like this online, all it does is, make you feel like something is wrong with you because you should be over it. it shouldn't be impacting you this much so 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 yeah so you should be ashamed of yourself right i feel like every day i'm still trying to justify my experiences growing up in the united states and why certain things bother me um to people that don't understand it uh whether it's friendships or people that ask the question of like why are you in therapy for so long? Like, like, shouldn't you like have solved this? Even people in my own uh, culture, even people from the older generation that have that same thought process of just walk it off. It's not that big of a deal. We all went through it. Um, but it's funny because as a therapist, I see the, <laughs> the internalized racism that exists within our communities. And I see how these things are presenting and harming them in their everyday lives, but they're not aware of it whatsoever. And it's so difficult to live day in and day out watching the ways that they struggle without awareness because they don't have this information. So... As I go through it and as I grow and as I help open the eyes of my family and my community, then it becomes like I see the seeds being planted and the changes that are made slowly but surely. But when we make posts like that and talk like that, it's not the white community that suffers. It's these underrepresented communities, people of color that are struggling because they're not only getting it from the white community they're also getting it from their own communities that have that internalized bias
1: ah uh, okay so and you think that is influenced by or you know that it's influenced by society like by the white communities
0: 100 percent. because even in our culture it, it there's this like romanticization of um white culture uh yeah. if there is this like i think it's changing now especially for those of us that live in the united states but it's like such an amazing thing to come to the americas to mm-hmm. you know have lighter skin to have blonde hair to have lighter eyes to look a certain way because obviously there's privilege to that there's privilege to that not only in the united states and in western society and in canada but there is there is that in our own cultures already so we're not only getting it from here we're getting it from there and from here so it's it's really a struggle to you know express because it's so internalized it's so ingrained in the day ins and day outs of life and it's so traumatic because if you grow up As somebody that is darker skinned in your community or darker features, um, you're going to get the different treatment than somebody that is lighter. So you're already getting that. And that's traumatic, but people don't understand that. And so when we come here and we're making posts like that, it's like, okay, well, nothing happened to you. Well, how do you explain just the natural bias that people have against you just because you're darker? And you're from your own culture. Like, how can you tell people that that doesn't impact them? How can you tell them that that's not traumatic? Who are you to say it's not? Honestly, like you can't.
1: And just me listening to that, like, I'll never understand that. I'll never understand the shame and the pressure and that ongoing feeling of having to be and act a certain way. And then you mentioned you get so many comments of like, why are you still in therapy? Well, Mm -hmm. because what you're in therapy for, well part of it, obviously, and it's not all your personal, just like generally what you're in therapy for is the way that the world is and trying to cope through it and work through it. So of course, you're still going to be working through those things as they're ongoing. And as we're upholding those systems to make you feel that way.
0: Exactly. Exactly. It's our job as therapists to advocate for people that don't have the resources. It's our job as therapists to dismantle these systems that are naturally contributing to the rise in mental health diagnosis and mental health suffering. We're sitting there preaching, let's talk about it. Let's end the stigma. Let's talk about it. Let's end the stigma. Let's change the world. And then we behave completely different when we then turn around and say, well, not everything is trauma. Right. So of course, what do we do now? You know, what what are you trying to do then? You want to talk about it in which sense?
1: exactly what what like do you want to be telling people to just toughen up suppress it push it down get over it not actually explore it Mm -hmm. I mean I I know I feel like we keep saying these same things over and over again but I'm just I don't know I I felt even Micheline like me and her were texting back and forth about it just so confused I think I think we have a responsibility As people in a mental health profession to understand and to listen to the voices of people who are shouting and saying these things
0: are traumatic for me. The CDC just published new data that said that young women and uh, people from the LGBTQ community have experienced uh, significantly higher rates of depression and attempted suicides. Wow. And um, the question is why? They also found that um, violence against women and people from the LGBTQ plus community has risen by 2% in the last years. Wow. And people are still questioning why. Well, you know, these are underrepresented groups. These are women and members of the LGBTQ community. Look at our political climate, um, being a woman, a girl, a young girl. Already puts you at a disadvantage. Growing up in our world, no matter where you live in the world, being a member of the LGBTQ plus community, you're at an increased disadvantage because you have so much, you know, so so many people, so much hatred, and so many acts of violence against you. So these things, when you say not everything is trauma, but then you're talking to a member from the LGBTQ plus community? What are you saying to them? Don't they have to watch their backs a little bit more than somebody that isn't part of that community? Don't women have to watch their backs and look behind their shoulders when they're walking to their cars at night? You wanna tell me that your nervous system is not dysregulated when you're walking to your car, unlocking the door when there's nobody around? Um, Being a part of an underrepresented group is traumatic in itself, just being alive with the body that you're growing up in, with your sexuality, with anything that is not, quote unquote, the norm that society expects is traumatic.
1: These traumatic experiences impact all minority groups, whether like Micheline said, you're part of the LGBTQIA plus community, whether you're a woman, whether you have a disability, like let's talk about living in an ableist world as somebody with a disability, as somebody- you know, who's in a wheelchair, somebody with an invisible disability, let's talk about those microaggressions.
0: If you're on the receiving end of this, if you are somebody who's scrolling social media and you're looking at that and you're saying, oh my goodness, maybe what I went through wasn't traumatic enough. Let's talk about, um, let's talk about self-validation and where you can start, how to care for yourself in the event that that does bother you. Um, One of the things I want to say is nobody has the right to tell you what was traumatic for you and what was not. So if you see a post like that and it triggers you, I want to validate that for you. And I want to tell you that it is completely normal to feel triggered by that and feel upset. And, you know, the best thing that you can do for yourself right then and there is just to pause, take a breath, and remind yourself that what you're feeling is valid to you and you're experiencing that because. This is triggering, it angers you. Anger is normal when you see something like this because you're probably seeing an injustice Mm -hmm. and validate that, be with it. You're not alone. You do have two therapists here that get you. And once again, I want to say if you are a mental
1: health professional listening to this and you do have a different opinion and you would like to have a professional conversation about this, we totally invite you on this podcast because like I said, there might be something we're missing. Maybe we're so tunnel visioned into this because we feel so passionately about it. So if you have any constructive criticism or you want to come have a conversation with us, please reach out. We would be more than happy to have that.
0: Absolutely. You can even go on our website mindfullyhealingpod.com and submit a request to be on the podcast down at the forms below and we'll be sure to have you on. We definitely think this is an important topic to to continue to talk about to, you know, hear different perspectives and um yeah, we're we're, we're growing all together hopefully. Closing out the ep- episode to answer our question at the beginning which was dear mind, why do, do I constantly invalidate myself? We can end this episode by saying, dear mind, it's really hard to self-validate when there's a world working against that. And we're working really hard to try to just see ourselves for what we feel and what we are and understand that trauma is relative.
1: Thank you so much for listening. We hope this podcast episode resonated with you. Let us know your thoughts on this. Send us a DM follow us on instagram and reply to any of the comments and let's continue keeping this conversation going thank you so much for listening if you enjoyed this episode please share it with your friends and family and remember to leave us a review we love reading your comments
0: take a screenshot of the episode you're listening to along with your thoughts and share it to your story and tag us so we can reshare it to our story and be sure to follow us on social media at mind.fully.healing on instagram at Mindfully Healing on YouTube and on TikTok at mindfully.healing. Until next time.